Welcome to an emergency edition of the Grizzden Podcast. The full crew joined within about 15 minutes of the <laughs> biggest update thus far of the season. Um, I'll get the exact timestamp here because I have the tweet pulled up. Grizzlies PR at 8.55 p.m. sent out a tweet and it said, At Saturday's training session, John Morant suffered a subluxation of his right shoulder. Following ongoing soreness and stability, Morant underwent an MRI that revealed an underlying labral tear. Morant will undergo season-ending surgery and is expected to make a full recovery ahead of the 24-25 season. John Morant, out for the year. It is not lost on me that the podcast that was released less than 24 hours ago by this very feed was called have the Grizzlies saved their season? The answer is now no. They have not, in <laughs> fact, saved their season. Some might say this season is over. <laughs> it was such a fun podcast, too. I hope y'all listen to it and y'all should go back and listen to it just to like. I listen to it. Time Machine exists where we go back I thought to it was where great. we were happy Thanks, and Ty. the Lakers and Suns had just lost. Well done, guys. You got me excited for uh, six hours. Well, here, here's where we are. Um, Kraft, we'll start with you because um, you actually tweet, you texted us a few hours ago because uh, mysteriously these injuries, or at least these designations prior to tomorrow night's Mavericks game, we're not tweeted out by the PR account. It was some local reporters, um, some of which we know. And Kraft, what was your speculation? And now what do you think about everything as it yeah, stands? My, well, so basically, yeah, I would say that, yeah, the two the two main beat reporters both tweeted out, you know, the, the normal Grizzlies PR tweet that comes. But they, they let us know that Ja was going to be out for tomorrow. Uh, that Jaron was questionable for the first time and that uh, Santi was going to be doubtful and that Derrick Rose was out, shockingly. Uh, and that was weird. Not Derrick I'm, Rose. I'm, yeah, I'm normally, uh, because normally Grizzly PR account does it, and then Drew DeMichael, the, the local beat guys, would then send out, uh, like basically retweet it and then add any commentary necessary. And they didn't. And so it was this weird what's going on. And then – you also start reading some tea leaves from people who are have connections being like, that's kind of weird or I'm nervous. And so that was why I texted y'all. I was like, is that weird that we didn't get the normal because that made me feel like, okay, Grizzlies PR has another announcement coming. At least that's, that's what felt to me. And that, that followed the weirdness of, Oh, jaw just woke up sore, but then he shows up in a sling. Um, uh, yesterday. And so there's just, there's a lot of weirdness. And, and honestly, I mean, this is going to be a growing, you know, and I don't know how much the Grizzlies matter and I'd love to hear from y'all. I mean, but, uh, the Grizzlies have been weird about medical stuff. I, I mean, it, and, and maybe we're just really unlucky. Uh, but like this, like the, this, this is also weird, not just with Steven Adams, again, this weirdness of a Saturday training session. And so for me, it felt like it was implied yesterday that he that he heard it or made it. It got sore somehow from the Lakers game, but now it's a Saturday training session. Is that was that actually practice? Because I know in past 
Grizzly PR releases, uh, like when Santi Aldama sprained his ankle, it was he sprained his ankle in a team practice. And so now we're going to have this, I mean, you know, obviously we're going to have to wait till press conference, but I, I hope that, uh, you know, somebody asked what was this training that he was doing on an early, you know, apparently early Saturday morning after a late Friday night game uh, that, you know, messed up his shoulder. So it's a little, so obviously a little weird. Um, obviously I want to talk about more stuff, but that's, that was my initial, the initial weirdness that it just, it felt this it ominous that Grizzlies PR hadn't tweeted yet, but yet we're getting uh, info about the game tomorrow. Uh, Dr. Smith, could you <laughs> inform us any, like <laughs> at all about what might be, what might be going on? Like have, has the, have we seen this injury re- before? I mean, what can we expect from this, from Ja and your uh, medical expertise? Yeah, my medical expertise does does not fit this. Uh, Laravia nailed it. Ja, question. Yeah, knew that one. Don't know this one. Um, so I remember Paul George had a weird shoulder thing. So I looked it up. He actually did tear his labrum in 2019. <clears throat> I think it was like four months later. Or so. You know, he was back. Tracy McGrady did the same thing, and I think his recovery was also about four months. Um, I don't – that's kind of my biggest – not – I mean, that's where my mind initially went is like, Will, we were talking about this a second ago. With jaw, like you're, you've, you're always concerned about like lower body injuries just because of the, you know, the aggression of which he jumps and lands and all that kind of stuff, how quick he is. Um, with a shoulder, you're kind of like, oh, that's such an odd injury for him. Um, and my biggest, my first concern was like, well, how, like, is this going to be a lingering thing? Is this going to be ongoing? I mean, obviously there's a lot we don't know. Craft, to your point, there's probably a lot we'll never know, right, um, with the way the Grizz handle things. But from from this injury in the past with other NBA players, it seems like it's a four-month process roughly. And after the four month mark, like players are pretty much back at doing whatever they were doing before the surgery. Um, I don't know if you clarified, but this is his right shoulder, which is obviously his shooting shoulder. Um, so yeah, it's a uh, not something. If you were to tell me like Jaw's going to get hurt, that a sh- shoulder would not be the thing I would I would suspect. Apparently, how how we feeling? Yeah, I'm just here to like catch up, you know. I like uh just heard there was some breaking news. <laughs> Wanted to see what was going on, saw that y'all are getting on the talk. No, I mean, for real. I like legit have not paid attention to anything today. I'm not gonna add any insights other than just like making fun of stuff and trying to speculate with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be real. Uh I I my like I have not I have not been able to read the the like content that was put out, but like Kraft's like narrative is very fishy to me. Not that Kraft is fishy, but the way everything kind of came out that just that smells weird. Now watching the game last night, I was also I had a similar reaction to most fans. I was like, oh, I heard he was doubtful, and then you see him in a sling, and it was just very strange. Um, and he also just seemed sort of distant on the sidelines. It was kind of just like I don't know. I'm and I I was I was kind of reading into things, but I definitely mentioned it even to people I was watching the game with that it just seems strange. I don't know about y'all, but the first reaction I had was just laughter. Like that to me is 
I can't feel anything anymore. This season has beaten us into the ground over and over again when we think we have hope. It's dashed by either like another injury or a terrible loss to a terrible team. And then finally, in the last like three, four days, we play two teams that we hate. And we beat them. We don't just beat them. We, we actually win by doing the things that we thought this team was capable of but just wasn't executing. And there's all of a sudden this hope where you're – Yes, it's not an easy schedule, but at least there's a path. If if you can get just this group healthy, you you might have found something like in your lineups here that could work, and we're speculating about what they need to do different, how they can optimize. And to me, this is the this is kind of the straw that broke the camel's back on this season. There's still a bunch of games to play, fortunately or unfortunately, and now to me, my mind immediately goes to how do we get through this year and what can we actually take away from it that matters? I think there's going to be even more opportunity for the end of bench guys to maybe try to make an impression. And apart from that, I'm like, let's not get Bain and Jaron hurt. Like if there's anything minor, I think Jaron's going to miss or he's questionable could will probably now miss the game if I had to guess just if there's anything going on medically whatsoever minorly uh, with the either of our stars like just go ahead and play it safe and that's where I'm at at this point and apart from that the silver lining if there is one to me is that now the front office can't get duped into thinking that we need to make a move for this season to try to salvage anything if anything Everything is going to be put into next season. And with the trade deadline one month from today, that that is a very important distinction and direction that I think we are now going to make as an organization. Um, yeah, I think before we move on to not only this, you know, the rest of this year implications, but maybe years down the road just really hate it for jaw too like the came back to a team that looked just as hopeless as a team can look hits a game winner in his first game back we win our first four games that he comes back we look like a completely different team he looks like he didn't lose a step um you know kind of lost it there for a little bit with the, you know, the Nuggets game and then the Clippers and then Sacramento. Um, and then these last two games, like y'all were saying earlier, like the Lakers game just, yeah, it just looked like a completely different team, the team that we've loved. I know it didn't play last night, but you could tell like the energy was just so different. Um, and that just seems like, I don't know, like the team was just so much, full of so much like hope. And they really, you know, that was one thing that stuck out to me when Ja came back is he was like, we got to have fun again, right? That was like his first message to the team. It was like, we're not having fun. We're got, we got to have fun. Um, and you could tell like when Ja was on the floor, there was a couple games. I think a lot of it was getting, you know, the Clippers getting over the sickness and Sacramento. You just, there was a couple of nights where you just didn't have it. 
But for the most part, when he was on the floor and he was playing, like we were six and three in the in the games he played, it looked like we were having fun, right? Like we were bouncing around, we were getting on getting out on the break. Zara Williams is just like turned into a somewhat of a NBA rotation Trade player. Him. Oh, a hundred percent agree with Trade you. There. Now. But I'm just saying like it just seemed it's just such a tough blow to have everything that happened with him, him come back and we looked the way that we looked. And I remember Brantley, one of the things he said about was like, this can go one or two ways. Like Jock comes back and we still look terrible or Jock comes back and we look really fun and feisty and like, let's see where things go now. And to me, it looked the majority, obviously of the latter, right? Like we looked fun. We looked like, Oh, we can, we can beat anybody at any given night again. Jaws that dude again. Um, <laughs> we had it for nine games and you know, not only us, but you know, the, the team too has been, you know, Jenkins included has been through so much and to, you can kind of start to see the light at the end of the tunnel a little bit, like, Hey, we really got a chance. And just right when it all feels like it's about to get kicked off and get started, it just, it's gone again. <laughs> it's gone again. And I don't know what our record's going to end up being, but like a competitive truly competitive play in win a game in the play in, like all that kind of stuff in my opinion is now it's over right um and i think it'll yeah well we can talk in a little bit about like where do we go from here what's important from here but craft you were you're not sure if it's if it's over or not i'm sure i mean i'm 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 always going to be until mathematical elimination um i mean and i'm going to be with y'all when y'all talk big picture i mean i'm i'm going to like obviously i would be Devast like I would be even more devastated than right now if we made any win now trades at all. So, uh, so obviously I'm gonna we're, and we'll talk about that. But I just I think it is sad because you know again six and three it's only nine games, but obviously that comes out to a 55 game, uh, you know 55 56 wins, which is again you know that's what we keep saying and at least that's what I keep saying is that I think when we have our roster when we have our our core guys we're gonna win. Uh, you know, two thirds of our games, uh, which is a contending team. And so it is just really sad to see that team. And uh, honestly, you know, I mean, we will always have that Lakers game. I'm wondering how many, <laughs> since, since I have league pass, how many times I'm going to watch that Lakers game <laughs> over the next six months uh, over again, just to console myself um, in the same way. Honestly, I know Will had uh, the Grizz Den history, uh, you know, talked about the anniversary of that amazing comeback we had against the Warriors uh, which was one of my, uh, you know, which was to me the final kind of um, the last core four moments was that like 20, I think it was 26 point comeback win. And I know that was a game uh, that when I had a DVR before I cut the cord, I watched, I had that game on my DVR and I would watch it from time to time during the hard years. Um, and I feel like this Lakers game might, might be that for me the rest of the season. But, uh, but it's just, it's, it's sad because, uh, because of that, but you know, I'm hoping that what we saw last night again. I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not calling a play-in appearance or anything. But I would love to see the energy we saw in the Suns game. I, I want to see that some more the rest of this season. Uh, you know, I'm hoping that we don't come out and look like we did against the Thunder and the Nuggets uh, the rest of the year. I do want us to see us be competitive and show that we can win some games without Jaw. So, yeah, it is notable that the the last game we played was that Phoenix victory without Jaw where Jaron looked like an all-star Bain was just hitting shots and Vince Williams was 
arguably the second best, third best player on the floor. And um, James Harden, like yeah. some would say. What was that? <laughs> no worries. So funny. Oh, man. I, um, yeah, I mean, I think the other thing that I can't help but think through with all of this is where's Jar going to be the rest of the season? Like, is he going to take the approach of invest just more in the, in the team, in the sideline, or is he going to take what we've seen now? I'm not blaming him, but like, we haven't seen Steven Adams at all this season. And I think that's notable. I don't know where he is. Some y'all might know. I haven't heard, but I do think, uh, with that, I, I I do think Harrington and Drew were talking on their podcast, and they had mentioned that. And one of them, I believe, mentioned that like there is basically a Grizzlies kind of like representative, whether that's part of the medical staff or whatnot, like heavily involved with him throughout this process. Um, so the Grizzlies are in are in direct contact with Steve-O on a very regular basis. That's kind of the way they made it seem. But I don't know where he is. That's a good point. So. Yeah, I I, I guess. With the, I'm not doubting that Ja is in a great space. I feel like overall, even though I totally disagreed with the length of the suspension, I do feel like it seems to have worked, however you want to define the term worked. Uh, I just hope that this isn't a moment where he now has a lot more time and um, isn't wise with that time. Of course, I'm only saying that because I think he's proven we have to say something like that when we're talking about his, uh, you know, trajectory until proven otherwise. But I'm hoping that we look up in the summer, he's healed completely, and we're seeing workout videos in July. So that's the hope in all of this. But, Brantley, what are your overall thoughts now just with the team the rest of the season and long-term I mean we we had about as rock bottom of a start as one could have so I think my intuition is that it's going to sort of slowly drift back into that scenario I think the as a fan you have to sort of look at other franchises um, who've been on the winning side of, you know, the past decade more so than not and try to compare yourself to those scenarios and see if, you know, and and look for advantageous outcomes, right? I mean, like, you know, the Warriors ex- experienced this with Steph multiple times or they or Clay. Uh, you know, and th- that's the first one that really comes to mind where y- you could see or or you would hope that the front office is able to really take advantage of the situation and put us in a scenario that it's right now is really unfortunate, but it's very helpful moving forward. Honestly, I have a whole lot. I, I don't think that me personally, I don't have a whole lot of trust in the front, the front office to just nail that. I think that they've sort of blown some of that trust a little bit with the most recent transactions, or at least that's how I currently feel. That's my opinion. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of, I I think my hope is that we don't really just, we don't 
we really look to take advantage of a situation the most that we can, whether that's in this middle. I don't really care if it's middle of the season or in the summer. It feels like it won't be in the middle of the season. Although the front office is always active in the middle of the season on the edges. They really are. Um, so, I mean, and that's kind of where this week is where my head has been is like, where do we just sort of enter in and just add one little thing to see if it kind of helps move us up to the next level. And even if we do that, we're not going to know if it really helps until six months from now, basically. Right. More than that. So it's, there's, I mean, the reality is, is this is really sucks. Home games are going to be even worse. I mean, I, I hope that Bain and Jaron can stay healthy and they can continue to improve. And then next year we're like, man, that was really fun. Uh, or not fun. It's, it's like really helpful to see, you know, the benefit. And I think Jaron has benefited a lot thus far. I really, I really think that you have seen him improve throughout the season in a way that is going to really help him hopefully next year, if he's able to maintain some of those habits. But man, it just, it's, it sucks to have a season like this when you've had a team be so strong the past three years. That's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you mentioned the Warriors. I mean, obviously the, the ideal, uh, which, you know, there is, there's not a Tim Duncan in this draft from all expectations, but I mean, the ideal is the Spurs who went into a season with extremely lofty expectations, um, where contenders had just terrible, terrible injuries, you know, but then won the lottery and all of a sudden they had a front line of Dave Robinson and Tim Duncan. I mean, uh, you know, and, and went on to win a title, uh, Duncan's rookie year. Now, I don't think there's anybody in the draft like that, but I do think, uh, you know, there are advantages. And I think what you were saying about in, in a, I don't know if there's, there is, I don't know if there's a better year to be a seller uh, as far as a silver lining in the sense that we have a lot of up and come, like a lot of teams uh, like the T wolves and other teams that kind of like, really have to maximize this year. We have a lot of legacy teams or blue bloods like the Lakers and the Warriors who really need to maximize this year. Uh, and so it is, it is a good year to be a seller and to hopefully take advantage of teams who are overly needy. Um, you know, whether our front office is going to do that. I mean, that's what we have to wait and see, but that is, there is, you know, that is the silver lining is I think we're in a place where there's a lot of teams looking to deal and there's going to be a lot of competition, uh, probably for a player like Luke Kennard, um, you know, probably for people like honestly, a lot of need for like a team to come in and be the third team to help a deal work. And we have a lot of little contracts and things for that. So in that sense, you know, hopefully we can take advantage of that situation. Uh, you know, one other thing that I would say is, you know, unfortunately, and this isn't as a season ticket holder who likes seeing good basketball, I don't know if this is a good thing, but, you know, the hope is we see a lot of the younger guys now. I mean, I think we need to let them play um, and really, like, even more see what we have in people like LaRavia and Gigi Jackson. Um, like, they need to play, and we need to see where they are and whether we want to go forward with them um, or not, so. I thought you were going to suggest that we need to see Zaire more. I feel like we've already. <laughs> I feel like I've accumulated. I mean, honestly, uh, <laughs> like I can't. W w this might be the perfect day to trade him. Honestly, trade him. <laughs> Peak value now. Trade <laughs> him is, now. He is. 
he is not a plus player without John Morant. Oh. So you might need to just rest him. We're resting him for next season, you know. Um, Tendonitis. He can just drink water on the sidelines and game weight, you know. Just gallons of water. His works so okay, well so, so far. And that's like, this is probably a really obvious question, like the answer to it. But like I'm sitting here thinking, it feels like there's like a 0% chance we trade our pick until the lottery, like the actual selection, right? Like now it's like we let we gotta let, let it see where it falls. We're gonna be bottom of the league, right? So it's gonna have the most value theoretically. One would hope when you know what it is. I think you're right there, because um, that's that's kind of my thinking too. Especially, and I know we're not like big fish hunting, but deadline stuff for a lot of these teams, I think the summer is going to look really interesting with the new CBA stuff, like really starting to come into effect. Um, that'll be really interesting to see what happens. And yeah, I just look, we're so technically there are still five teams. Um, we're ahead of five teams in the, in the standings overall, San Antonio and the Blazers in the West and then Detroit, Washington and Charlotte in the East. Like we're still better than, all of those teams. Um, so I don't see us just like, I mean, clearly Detroit, obviously. Right. But I don't really see us falling to like having a top four in odds to get the number one pick. Now that doesn't mean we can't do it. The odds are all weird now, but it's probably unlikely that we get a, get a top four pick again. I don't know. Maybe we will. Um, but I Brantley kind of on the, on the lines of that to a little bit and kind of crap. Y'all are all hinting at it about the silver linings of it. I don't think we need to underestimate how significant the silver lining could be if done well. Um, this whole season, obviously, like, you know, it all started out of like, definitely no one had the approach of like, woe is me when referring to the Grizzlies. Everyone was like self-inflicted, immaturity, being dumb. This is what they deserve. They get this. You know, this is like, this is great. Like everyone loved it. And I guarantee you that narrative is going to flip so fast to be like, oh, man, the Grizzlies, poor Grizzlies, they can't catch a break, you know, season from hell, all this kind of stuff. I feel like the narrative is going to change on that. And at the same time, like teams as good as us win fully healthy. Brantley, what you were saying earlier about the Warriors, like a season like this, like that's the only real way. And I talked about this. This was probably months ago. The only really way for a team as good as us, as young as us, with as many young, great players on like multi-year contracts is for something like this to happen, right? Unless one of your like rookies that you drafted within the last couple of years like really hits and has a lot of trade value. If that happens, you're not trading a really good contributor on a rookie contract, right? You're just not doing that. So to me, this pick, whether what, you know, what we do with it, I don't really know. But I don't really know if we're going to have an opportunity with an asset like this. I mean, in the next like eight years, maybe like this is a this is a prime chance to take advantage of this. Um, and I'm kind of weary about the draft in general because of Golden State kind of showed you what could go wrong. Um, honestly, we have shown ourselves what can go wrong when you try to depend on a pick, regardless of how high it is. We have a 10th overall pick from a couple of years ago that should be contributing greatly right now. And we all have seen how that goes. 
if we are trying to compete, and Harrington always talks about like this two-year window of Ja, Jaron, and Bain all being under contract moving forward. This is what we have. It's going to be really hard for me to see all the rookies that we currently have on the roster all under contract and then also throw in another pick, you know, regardless of how good it is. I know this draft is supposed to be bad and all that kind of stuff. Going back to the trade deadline talk, I just, I don't, I, again, Brantley, I think it does make more sense that we hold the pick. But at the same time, like if something comes available that we think we can get a player that can be in our, I mean, I'm, I'm, maybe it's dumb of me to drop this low, but if he can be in our top eight in a playoff rotation, like not even a starter, I think I'm, I would pull the trigger on that with this pick. Maybe that's me being like really dumb and really myopic. But I just I can see the downside of like really good pick coming to the draft. Oh, he can't play for three years. Josh Aaron and, and Dez, to me, I mean, within the next year or two, they're they're ready to win big. Um, and I hope we kind of take advantage of this this little this little window, whatever that looks like. And it's hard to predict, obviously. Like we don't really know right now. We could look up in April and there's been a four or five players that have just like really popped and everyone's like dying to get their hands on them and draft them. Um, but at the same time, dealing with that trade deadline stuff too, like you can't have Roddy, LaRavia, Zaire, G, you can't have all these young wings on the roster and then go make another first round pick. You know what I mean? Um, what do y'all, yeah, I'll, I'll just I mean, stop there. I mean, I'll say this right now. That's I mean, funny. I, uh, I mean, maybe I don't, I'll be interested to see if y'all agree with me. I mean, one of the things I said is that going into this year, I mean, now, especially I would say, oh, we got three guys that are untouchable. Um, I've actually, obviously Marcus smart has had us fall in love with him last couple games and we'll see. And I, I still kind of think like he would be, it, it would have to be something pretty major to trade him at this point. Um, I don't want to trade Marcus, but, but smart. I would say this, I, I think it honestly, <laughs> one of the biggest things I want to see come out of the season is Vince Williams on a long, very good contract. Um, Give him I the contract. Sure he is a top eight, nine guy in a playoff rotation. Um, I, and I think that's a huge, like he is an untouchable to me almost at this point, barring us getting like a surefire, you know, type guy, um, who's proven it. Um, and so in that sense, I think, you know, that to me, I do think this is going to be the year that we look back and are like, we somehow in all this disastrous last couple years of drafting did actually get an awesome player who we wanted, um, and Vince Williams. And that's, so that's one of my hopes is that we can, we can now for sure clear this roster out and get him signed. Um, you know, I think right now it looks like maybe two or three games before the all-star break. Um, will he will have hit his 50 if he plays from here on out, um, his 50 games, he can, there's no way he needs to go back to Memphis hustle. Uh, so hopefully we, you know, that's one good thing that can come out of all this is we can just clear out some people so that we can sign him to maybe a three, four year, really team friendly deal. Um, you know, and then have him in this window as well. Yeah, I would be interested if they are going to use any of their disabled player exception dollars to sign like a true point guard who might be available, not for any other reason, but to just facilitate the growth of some of our players. Because we know that Derrick Rose is not going to be able to play from a health perspective. Jacob Gilliard could be that guy, but he's also on a two way. And so I, I don't, I don't exactly know if 
if that's the answer, it might truly, it might be, which is crazy to say, but at this point, we're ta- again, talking about silver lining. What I can say is that this has been an extremely emotional season. Every game seems like life and death when you're losing that many early. And lately it's been very high stakes for like, for instance, I was pretty devastated after the Raptors game because it meant so much more for us than it would any other team at this point in the season to get every win possible. And now from here on out, I think we're just playing with house money because if we lose, it's a better draft pick. If we win, it probably means that we had some sort of development, small victory amidst the game like that, or, you know, you solidify your all-star or sub all-star status of your two best players and you get maybe some validation in a Marcus Smart trade that I think you're going to start to hear a lot of people complain about when you throw in the fact that we traded our 2024 Warriors pick for it uh, because that's looking like it could also be a pretty good asset right now. I don't regret it. I love Marcus. I love watching him play. I think he'll be good for this team. Um, But that's just something to watch as well. So silver lining, we can now watch the Grizzlies in peace. And to me, there's only upside at this point. Because if we lose, there's an argument to to be made that we're actually winning when losing. Yeah, and with Marcus, the one, you know, I mean, again, looking for the positives. You know, he's had a lot of wear and tear. He played a lot of minutes for the Celtics. Uh, This season was going to be a major grind on him. Uh, trying to scrape into that play-in. And I think that one silver lining is, uh, you know, barring us going on some crazy run here, which I don't expect, you know, he can have probably a more, uh, a lesser lesser load as the season goes on and really get his body ready for for next year um, as a guy who's like, you know, about to turn 30. So, or maybe just turn 30. So that's like one other silver lining that we're just not going to grind out Jaron, Bain, and then Smart in a season just to kind of sneak into the play-in and hope we make some noise that we can actually get, you know, they can play some normal minutes, um, get a lot of other guys some some opportunities. All right. Final thoughts as we close this emergency pot out. Ty, what you got? Um, yeah, I just want to see – I want to see the good vibes still be there, and I know that's going to be – that's a tough ask. Um. I just want to see us have fun. I want to see us have some clarification, which I feel like a lot of us already have that with roster construction, who works, who doesn't, who can move on, who doesn't. I think there will still be plenty of things for us as Grizz fans to get excited about throughout this season. I think the trade deadline is still going to be really exciting. I think draft prep, <laughs> however, Starts right however now. that goes, will still be, it will still be really exciting. Um, Des and Jaron – if they play like they have the last couple nights, we're still going to beat some good teams, and that's going to be fun. I don't want us to tank. I want us to play really hard, win every game we can, being smart about it, obviously. Um, but I think now, kind of what you were saying, Will, it's 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 a complete. Now it's like, all right, the you know the the breath we've been holding in for months now can kind of be let out, not in a positive light, but we can you know feel kind of safe to reset um there's a lot of other things to look out for though this isn't like now i'm losing interest i saw on twitter someone said they're now canceling valley 
<laughs> I thought that was pretty great. That was pretty funny. Um, Will Bally notice? No. Yeah, probably, probably not. Were. Possibly probably forever not. canceling Bally. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Can we, could, can we just like, throw, what, could we just like maybe just zag hard and just like play random lineups without Tillman and Bismack for the rest of the year? That's a good, and was, just, yes. Just do random shit that's fun. Put and like, who cares? Throw, yeah, put Jaron at the five. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in theory, this should be Clyman's so super excited about like this. We go back a couple years and we're just testing things out, yeah. experimenting, data collecting. We get to do all that. Yeah, they're stuff saying it's like the big man's back. Well, screw that. Let's just like zag really hard the other way because I get Bismack. We don't have any big men. Yeah, so let's just let's just do something different. Let's Vince, like, I mean, Vince at the five. That would make it so much fun. Please, Jenkins, as you're listening to this podcast, do something interesting with your rotations. Not not terrible. Hey, as as Biz will as Biz as uh, the five million or whatever the guarantee we have is that hit yet? That's a Did great question. That's a great question. I would think if he got signed to the regular roster. Uh, I think it's on the. I think it's like January the fifteenth. Oh, that really? Right? Let's just see if we keep him. Isn't it like the newly signed player thing? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think there's, I think it's a deadline. I know we're saying we kind of overpaid him because it would help with potential trades down the road. So I don't know if we'll keep him anyway. But I mean, we do have a roster crunch. Um, so I mean, I don't know. Oh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, because that's all of a sudden that's a spot where it's like, well, if we can just cut him, you know, sign Vince. But it could be that we wait till the trade deadline to do all that stuff. Yeah, because that's a five million dollar. I mean, that's not nothing. When it comes to trade stuff, so. that uh, Zaire plus Bizback can get you to a mid-level exception guy. How about that? It's all it takes. Yeah, I can't. I can't find the date. Um, let's just go with January fifteenth, even though I think that's right. I mean, it makes sense because yeah, it's, it's something like newly that. signed. Actually, it was in January. Yeah. I just don't know if it happened already. Yeah. Well, um, we will. We will still be podcasting. Um, so there's going to be there's going to be yeah. the conversation is probably going to shift. And we're going to have more observational type watching rather than a lot of wins and losses. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the season is not over and yeah. they're going to shock the world and we're going to have our cake and eat it too. So we'll see. I doubt it. I highly doubt it. <laughs> I'm sad. Every win will feel so great though. Every win will be like, like Kraft, you'll be rewatching the Lakers game over and over. We'll all be rewatching every win from here on out. Just only no, I mean, hey, hey, I like, please beat Luca tomorrow. Like, seriously, come out, come out and play like you did against the Suns. Um, yeah. and you know, and, and let's keep playing good. Um, you know, and I think what you were saying, Ty, like, let's let's get the keep the swagger, bring the culture of that fun that we had, like, keep that going. Um, knowing that, you know, we're probably not winning a title this year, but we all, we already probably, we already thought that. And so I really like that we have clarity at least on what the, um, we have a hundred percent clarity on what every decision is about now. Isn't there some quote that's like the most dangerous man is the one who has nothing to lose. (laughs) That's what I feel like the rest of the season. I love that. I love for the the Laravia Zaire at the point with Tillman and I don't know Roddy playing the four. Those lineups. That's really nothing to lose or gain there. <laughs> well, this has been an emergency edition of the Grizzly Podcast. I'm glad all four of us were able to jump on at such short notice here, late on a Monday night, when the Grizzlies uh, just broke the news that 
uh, broke our hearts. And for Ty, for Brantley, for Kraft, I'm Will. Thanks for joining us. We will be back with a new outlook on this Grizzlies life very soon.